Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What is up, guys? And what is better than another Friday episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast? I am Kyle Krabs, joined by Joe Marino. We are both of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, and we are the Draft Dudes Podcast. We are, as Bill Belichick would say, on to 2018. Uh, This week we've reviewed uh, all 99 players in some capacity on our 2018 preseason senior outlook looking at college seniors that the prominent names that are going to be uh, guaranteed locks barring injury for the 2018 NFL draft uh, it is a Friday uh, last weekend Joe had the chance to go to the beach this is the weekend that I am going to the beach so uh, Whoa. Uh, yeah I know yeah I didn't tell you that in the pre-show just because I wanted no. a genuine reaction here jeez yeah. romper is the romper ready there's no romper no oh my god well then why are you going it's if if duty calls, I'm gonna gonna answer the call of duty. But what uh, beach are you going to? You uh, Dewey Beach, Delaware. What's that like? It's all right. They got some nice bars. They uh, you'd you'd be a big fan. They got a great raw bar there. It's called Starboard Raw. There you're gonna you're going to eat some oysters. Yes, a whole bunch. Last time I was at the Starboard Raw bar, I had 25 oysters in one. One is that a, like I don't I don't know what normal is. I've eaten one oyster in my life. It's that's that's a lot of oysters. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's delicious. It's, it was uh, no regrets. After what are your but, What are your oyster rituals? What do you put on these? Uh, uh, man, you know, I could do horseradish and cocktail sauce. Um, I could do a, a mignonette. Oh, oyster. Lord! What What does that mean? A mignonette. 
It's like a vinegar, <laughs> vinegar substance. Okay. It's got like onions and stuff, and they've oh. got shooters, so it's like a shot, right? They put take a raw oyster and they put it in, and uh, you can get it with you know, vodka or beer if you're a pansy, or they have this really good. It's a cucumber sake that you put in with it, and then they put mignonette in with that as well. And uh, I threw down a couple <laughs> oyster shooters last time I was there. Okay. This uh, this sounds interesting, man. So yeah, it's I, a it's a whole culture, man. You're totally yeah. missing out. I hear just, you. Just I, like everybody's missing out on your face from that instance in which you tried your for, first oyster. I, that is, a I believe that's hit the timeline. That, that picture's on. The timeline. That has hit the timeline, but I'm sure the people uh, didn't appreciate it at the time without the context of of knowing what it was. Yeah, uh, I am playing golf this weekend. Good for you. I'm playing golf on Monday. Okay, first round of the year or what? First round of the year. Going to hit the range a couple times. Uh, form's getting better. Uh, I'll still be lucky to break 110, but mm. uh, that's the goal. Yeah, I'm hoping to break. Anytime I'm under 100, I'm happy. Um, oh, so, you, so you're a pro then? Well, I... I mean, not a pro's pro, but like as a, an average Joe, pun intended. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think I'm super average at golf. Um we we'll have to we we'll have to get a round in when you come down in July. Yeah, see that's that's uh, it's, I'm gonna have to rank clubs then, so I already yeah. have an excuse for why I shoot like that's crap. Yeah. Well, if we yeah, we don't have to, but I, I would love to. Yeah, I think whatever whatever idea. works. But... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited to hit the links. Uh, it's the uh, 31st anniversary of my birth today, actually. And, Joseph, uh, why yeah, am man. I just hearing this now? Well, because I'm I'm not that guy. You know, I'm not that guy that just. Reminds everybody that it's their birthday, but um, oh, there are going to be some Photoshop gifts for you later. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so June second every year. It's it's always June second. So going to well, play. Yeah, that's golf. the way birthdays work, man. And then we're going to Cowfish. <laughs> that, that's in, in uh, a, a restaurant here. It's a sushi burger fusion restaurant. Okay, I don't so know if you heard are, this. You are also eating uncooked dead no, fish. No. No, if if you listen there, it's a sushi burger. So what this they do is they take sushi and they make it with burger components. So it's like Angus beef, jalapenos, whatever you would have on a burger, but in like a sushi wrap. So for us, uh, for those of us who don't enjoy eating raw fish, uh, you've got something better. So uh, they have that. They've got some outstanding uh, peanut butter hand-spun milkshakes, and uh, that's what I'm doing. Listen to yourself. 31, man. Peanut butter hand-spun milkshakes. Delicious. And Angus beef sushi. That's what I'm having for my birthday dinner, yeah. Good for you. I'm I'm happy for you. <laughs> it would not be my choice. You're eating friggin' crustaceans, man. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with my people. I, that's good, because oh, we are joke. in... Oh, you know what? I, I missed oh, that. Oh, totally it. over your head. Go. That was so freaking good, and I missed it. And, you know, we are in situations in when we're in Mobile, Alabama, where the where the seafood is bountiful, and uh, I have successfully two years in a row avoided. Well, any... let let's be honest. When did we have time? <laughs> we still eat dinner every night. Yeah, we eat dinner at like eight o'clock, and we go to TGI Fridays and get bottomless apps. Have we? Have we literally never done that? <sighs> Barbecue, uh... man. Yeah, Shane Alexander got Shane. us in on the barbecue. 
Yeah, we had what we had barbecue five out of seven dinners. Like what oh, the frick? Man. Let's not forget the loaf of bread. Yeah, that's that, that wonderful loaf of bread. Yes. Did uh, we tell the, this story on the podcast? I, I don't know, but I think you are the man to say it. Oh, okay. I think we I think we said it on Locked On when it first happened. Uh, but regardless, there's this custom in the South that I had no idea oh, existed. No, no, it's not the South. It's Alabama. Okay, it's Alabama. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't want to rope Joe in anything unwillingly here. Sure. Um, it's like chips and salsa for barbecue places. But instead of chips and salsa, they give you a loaf of white bread and Dixie cups filled with barbecue sauce. Warm barbecue sauce. Warm barbecue sauce. They don't say anything. They don't give you any context. And I think it's very <laughs> clear, uh, listening to some of us speak, that we're not locals, right? And and yeah. we're wearing the lanyards, so it should be very apparent, oh, these guys might not know what's about to hit them. Nope. They just walk out with three loaves of white bread, just drop it on the table, bring out <laughs> trays, like massive trays with little Dixie cups of warm barbecue sauce and just drop them off for everybody. Say, there you go. So we're sitting at the table and uh, this happens and me and Joe are just kind of giving each other the eyes. Like what is happening? Like what is happening right now? And Shane Alexander, a mobile resident, uh, he's there with us at the table and he's talking and he's not even looking at what he's doing. He's never breaking eye contact with the people he's talking to. And we see him just undress this loaf of bread, pull out, (laughs) Three slices of bread, drop them on a, on a styrofoam plate, just take a handful and just drop it right in the Dixie cup, stops mid-sentence, and just drops the whole thing in his mouth. Yeah. It, it, what, if Shane wasn't there, we would have known what the hell to I, do with it. It's like, yeah, do I uh, – is this for like – a sand, am I making sandwiches out of my barbecue? <laughs> You, but after Shane did that and you found out what was supposed to happen, you just said, "Oh, pass me a oh, loaf." I was, I was all in. Yeah, yeah. I, you I went think all I in. ate half a loaf of bread that day. <laughs> You're hungry as hell after you know hours of of practice. Well, and to and, be uh, fair, after the big pig, half a loaf of bread's not really nothing. a big deal anymore. Well, yeah. especially because you didn't finish the bread with the big big challenge. That was the only thing I didn't finish. Right, we we know we've I, heard that. No, I don't care if you heard it or not. The sign says four and a half pounds of food. <laughs> I ate four and a half pounds of food. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, so there we go. I don't know how we got to that point, but uh, one thing, one thing real quick before we dive into some of the 2018 stuff that we are uh, going to talk about here. Kyle, the, the scouting combine, some rumors, rumblings that this thing is moving to California at some point. Any any reaction to that? I uh, I'm not gonna lie. I've been pretty detached from my mobile phone for most of the last oh wow uh, 16 hours or so. I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah, this is an instant reaction. So uh, yeah, it came out today that there's some ideas that um, as soon as I don't know how soon, but the scouting combine, which has been in Indianapolis since 1987. Uh, would be moved to the West Coast. So uh, since you are just now getting a chance to think about this, my knee-jerk reaction was Indianapolis, Indianapolis Good is state. a central yeah, is a, <laughs> a central location, literally probably for most of the people. And so you put this thing on the West Coast, and I get nervous that it's going to put some of these East Coasters in a bit of a funk. 
Uh, maybe we see less participation, and I don't want to do anything that would do that. I don't see why the need to move it from Indianapolis, where it's been a fine home, we would, know would be exa- necessary. We know exactly. Oh, what the yeah, because you get it into prime time and, and more viewers on TV, and there's more revenue. It's always dollars with the NFL, but I think for the sake of the event and, and its intent, its purpose, I think this would be a mistake. To yeah, move it to the it's the same thing with uh, letting spectators watch the bench press. That, to me, is just a stupid idea. There's no reason why these guys are in there essentially for a job interview and you're going to have folks in there hooting and hollering and yelling. And uh, all it takes is one bad egg um, to say something distracting and take a guy outside of his mindset when he's doing his testing, which is part of your your quote-unquote resume. Um Having the chance to be at the Combine this year, I've seen how much of a spectacle they've turned it into with the Fan Fest and uh, all of the uh, fan-related events that that were relevant and there and pertinent for the Combine this year. And uh, I totally understand, oh, let's move it to L.A. Let's put it in one of the biggest metros in the country and uh, really take advantage of being in the backyard of a huge city. Uh, so I'm not surprised. Uh, I am not a fan necessarily. I think you make a great point as far as uh, the time differential, especially because they already talk about how big of a grind this this combine is where you're in, you're on a flight, you're up at the first thing in the morning to go through uh, your, your physicals, and then you start your interviews, and then you're out on the field, and you do your testing, and you're that, – that's it. It is it is already a meat grinder, and you're going to take West Coast guys and uh, give them a quote-unquote home field advantage, and East Coast guys are now three hours behind. They're going to have to either start sleep training two weeks before the event, or they're going to be thrown off by the time change. So I'm, I'm – my initial reaction is not a positive one, just like yours, Joe. Yep, and it's all about dollars, and it wouldn't surprise me if it happens, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's uh, just a rumbling today. So, well, it sounds uh, like your cell phone's rumbling back there, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. blowing I, up like a balloon over there. Yeah, you know, I, sh- I usually silence this thing before, <laughs> uh, before we record, but that was the case tonight. Um, so... What we want to talk about today is touch on some 2018 prospects. And uh, on NDTscouting.com, we have started to release our 2018 senior advance reports. Uh, John Ledger put out Ohio State quarterback JT Barrett. Kyle, you put out Oklahoma quarterback uh, Baker Mayfield. Excuse me. And let's let's get into him. I know that Baker Mayfield's a, a polarizing prospect, or he's going to be. Uh, there's opinions all over the place with this guy, whether or not he's a you know, NFL quarterback, and if he's more of a, a college playmaker that uh, has uh, some throwing ability. So give us the uh, the 101 here on Mr. Mayfield entering his senior season. Sure. Well, uh, first of all, shout out to Crossover, our friends at Crossover, sponsor of the Draft Dudes podcast. Uh, their, our film relationship with them has allowed me to uh, make this assessment of Baker Mayfield very easy. I can take any contextualized game situation and find specific reps relevant to third and seven plus inside the red zone, vertical passes, targets 20 yards down the field or more. Uh, 
took advantage of all those tools that Crossover has and uh, got a, a, what I feel like is a really good uh, snapshot of, of Baker. And then you combine that with the film capabilities that they have. And um, I think he's taken incremental steps forward every year he's been at Oklahoma as a passer and a quarterback. Uh, I'm interested to see if that continues this year. If it does, you could really see him start to gain some traction as a, a probably a day two is where I would cap him as a ceiling. Right now, uh, my assessment for him, this is somebody I would target early on day three. There's some upside here. There's some stuff to work with. Uh, he's weird because he he's a freelance kind of guy. He really likes to make things happen off script. Uh, but he's not overly risky with the football when he does it. So I, I like that, and I respect that about him. Um, but because he's so loose uh, with his mentality and his throwing mechanics and his arm slot and, and you know, get the ball out uh, any any means necessary, uh, a lot of times you'll see some inconsistencies and irregularities with his accuracy and ball placement uh, so that double-edged sword of being loose and playing loose and, and playing freewielding, um, it bites him at times, too. And you really see it a lot uh, when he tries to push the ball because a lot of times he doesn't get his weight transfer into his vertical shot, so the ball hangs on him. Uh, there's a couple throws. Uh, I paired my preseason senior assessment of Mayfield uh, with four plays that encapsulate Mayfield as a separate article on NDTScouting.com. And one of those is a vertical shot where that ball hangs up and it's intercepted against cover two. The safety is able to work back into a favorable position after a receiver on the boundary has stacked a corner and has separated. Uh, but then there's another one of those four plays. He gets his weight transfer in and he puts some juice on that boy and lets it fly. And it looks beautiful. So there's uh, there's too many... Poor throws, not poor decisions, which I think is an important distinguishment to make, but poor throws, whether it's mechanics, uh, footwork, um, accuracy, uh, to, to get really excited about it and say this is you know definitely somebody that I'm banking on to be an early draft selection and a, potentially a starter as a rookie. Uh, but there's enough there, and uh, I, I like the, the mentality that he plays the game with to be able to say, uh, this is somebody that I can see worthy of an investment and, and trying to find a home and make the most of uh, his talents. Now, Kyle, specifically from the pocket, that's what I want to hear you talk about because that, sure. that's really where the NFL game uh, differentiates a lot from the college game in that to win in the NFL, you've got to win from the pocket. Where is Baker Mayfield right now in that area? Um. I, I wouldn't say that he's bad within the pocket, but I think he's limited with the offense that he's in as far as what he can show. Uh, a lot of when he's sharp in the pocket and making initial throws is when he's sitting in against off coverage and he's got uh, like twins, like a double twins formation. So he can read uh, if they've got the corner up and then the safety's playing over top of that slot receiver. Uh, a lot of times when he was crisp, the timing was right, the ball was out, and the ball was accurate, uh, they were running some kind of two-pattern combination to a twin side of the formation, and that's it's, it's a simple three-step and out, and he's hitting the shorter target. Um, I've seen some reps of him within the pocket being able to uh, manipulate the rush, step up in the pocket, 
and he does a nice job in some of those situations if he's not flush to the outside, if he has to step up into an interior gap, keeping his eyes down the field. And, you know, as he, quote-unquote, climbs the ladder, and if he has to flush out one of the interior gaps before he crosses the line of scrimmage, uh, he's very self-aware of where his receivers are down the field, and he's made defenses pay in that way as well. But he's not getting a lot of traditional drop-back, five-and-seven-step drop hitch and throw type reps if that's what you're asking yeah no that's this will be a transition for him i'm sure going to the next level a guy that i'm anxious to get eyes on at some point this summer and uh compliment your work and see where i stand on him going into the season here um one well, player that i and ahead, real, real quick i was gonna say that's the beauty of what we have lined up with ndt premium is uh baker mayfield being a premium name uh you're we're gonna get to compare and contrast you, me, and John Ledyard's notes mm-hmm. on him and uh, seeing how his senior season plays out. Uh, that's uh, one thing we might have to do sometime this summer, Joe, is go through our 2017 preseason senior outlook and, <laughs> and uh, see see some of the names because I would say probably a third of them were really drastically different than what we sure. projected in the summertime. Yeah, I could think of some L's that I have that I don't necessarily want to get well, into right I, now. I certainly took an L on Zach Banner. I'll throw myself <laughs> under the bus first. Yeah, um, well. That's for uh, another day. We'll leave that for another day. Yeah, because, yeah, we're just going to move on because I don't want to admit my L. I think we're thinking, you're thinking the same thing I am. But uh, I know which L you're talking I, about. I might get unfollowed by like half my people if, if they knew where I mm-hmm. stood. Um, moving on. Uh, Clemson receiver Deion Kane. That's a player that I want to kind of touch on today on the podcast. He's an underclassman, uh, so not a senior here, so there's no guarantee he'll come out, but we know how these things go. These guys tend to declare. Uh, Average 19 yards per catch last year for Clemson, and obviously part of a very prolific offense that featured Deshaun Watson as the quarterback and then Mike Williams Obviously, a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL draft, and Jordan Leggett, who's a, a, a nice piece at uh, tight end, and then Wayne Gallman and Artavis Scott. So uh, he is going to be asked to be the focal point of that offense probably next year, uh, especially in the passing game. And it's going to be a lot different for him because he goes from being uh, a little bit of an afterthought for the defense to the main guy. So we'll see how he handles that. Because uh, that could be big, obviously, pairing him with a different quarterback than Deshaun Watson will also be telling. But uh, he's a player that made a ton of big plays last year, and it seems like he was able to feast on the, the one-on-one matchups and just continue to get behind secondaries over and over again. And Deshaun Watson, when he was able to throw an accurate football down the field, you know, they, they made big plays. So um, I'm not sure he's going to be afforded so much one-on-one coverage. So this is a player who... Uh, will be very interesting to monitor this season. Um, what helps him be such a big play threat is, number one, the dude tracks the football really, really well. Uh, so being able to project where that football is going to go, adjust his uh, his route to get underneath it, and and just do that with great timing is something that really enabled him to make plays vertically down the field. And so when you have those that vertical speed and that ability to get down the field, it really opens up things in other areas, which is something that I thought uh, Deion Kane did a really nice job of taking advantage of. Uh, he was able to break off some of those routes after he beat a cornerback deep and work back to the football for a foot quumback route or get into the middle of the field uh, when he's, you know, he's continually beating them 
deep and then, you know, really pick his spots to, to cut inside and, and, and work that middle of the field. So his ability to work all levels of the field, to beat zone coverage, to get behind secondaries, and then a little bit of the, the after-the-catch stuff is something where he was able to win and pick up yards uh, last season as well. So he did a lot last season, but him transitioning with all the changes that are coming Clemson's way this year will be interesting to see if he's the same factor because he's expected to take a, dip, a big leap. Clemson needs him, and uh, we'll see if, if the skills there uh, are able to transcend all the, the changes that are coming Clemson's way. Yeah, certainly uh, a lot is going to be different, uh, but I would expect that team to just reload, right? Dabo's got himself a factory there, and uh, they've lost good players over the course of the past couple of years, and it seems like they just hit the refresh button, and, and Kane's certainly the next in line uh, as far as a prolific player. Joe, you did a really nice job profiling his big plays and how those big plays, uh, the anatomy of some of those plays over at NDTScouting.com. So hat tip to you, man. Yeah, so if anybody wants to check that out, NDTScouting.com, you can search Deion Kane. You'll find that article and get, get eyes on, uh, I highlighted like, I don't know, five or six of, of those plays and talked about some of the traits on each play. It's interesting because one thing that I didn't think Deion Kane was especially good at or particularly ex- – he's not like a super fast guy. I don't think he's going to be like a 4-3 uh, guy. So, um, you know, and he didn't really do much after the catch. So occasionally he'd make, you know, take a, a quick pass. But Artavis Scott was their guy for that. I'm not sure why because yeah. Artavis Scott's not really a He used a to be, though. That's the shame. <laughs> not last year. No. But they kept on feeding him on those quick stuff. So, uh, yeah, Deion Kane really, you know, only a few times that I see him really, you know, make make guys miss in space. And I don't think he's going to be like a burner. He's got good speed, right? But not like he's going to be a threat to nobody can run with him. So, so, so. he's kind of like a um, – what did Martavis Bryant run? Oh, I think he, I, I think he was like a he was low a, he four was four. I was gonna say low four fours, right? Yeah, he I'm was trying super. to think of a comparison for like a I, bigger maybe maybe Josh Reynolds maybe in terms of 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 speed, not necessarily yeah. anything similar at the catch point or hand. You know, I'm not gonna yeah. say any of that type of stuff, but yeah. in terms of a guy that wins vertically, but not necessarily a burner. Yeah, that'll be. Uh, I'm gonna stew on that. You know what? I'm gonna give the people homework too. Give us a big-bodied vertical guy that doesn't uh, doesn't win with pure speed. That's the people's homework. All right. Since I've I've been, I've been I'm like a teacher. It's we're getting close <laughs> to finals week, so I got to start hand out uh, homework in honor of finals week coming up. Four All four week. two from our Davis Bryant, by the way. Four four two. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, I think that's faster than came by a good amount. Yeah. So probably he's an interesting. T- t- tenth of a second. Yeah, yeah, that's probably not, and and that's fine. Four fives fast, that's good. Yeah. I mean, let's but, not act like four five slow. <laughs> right? Oh God, we. I don't even. Let's not. Just not. We're not talking about that. that. We'll we'll lead next week with that. Talk about our forty times. Okay. Um, <laughs> other player I want to touch on a little bit here today, and is one of the premier players in this class potentially. His status is a little unclear right now. I'm talking about. Arden Key, the LSU edge defender, uh, took a leave of absence from the team that he's still on. And he tweeted out that he's not going to miss the season, but then there's been some late, uh, some recent headlines that, you know, nobody quite knows what his status is. Like, I don't know what that is. That's weird. That's something that we're probably going to talk about for the next 10 months. Uh, But this dude could play football, man. Uh, He is a long, twitched up, quick dude. Uh, He's... uh, 
he wins with those elements. He's able to get that quick first step, use his length, keep separation from blockers, and bend the edge track and win. Um, really nice translatable pass rush skill set. What's interesting about him is he was listed at 238 uh, last season. And I, I've heard some rumblings that he's pushing 260 right now. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not, but uh, that'll be a big big thing for him, You know where he's where he checks in weight-wise this season and how, how he performs uh, because the way he played at 238 is really, really special. He's really, really loose. Like His, his flexibility throughout his, his torso uh, and into his ankles really allow him to carry speed through a tight angle and, and press a rush angle. So um, really special type pass rusher. I did a piece on him on NET Scouting as well where I highlighted eight of his 12 sacks and kind of showed some of the traits and had video uh, courtesy of crossover uh, of how he's winning. But uh, this is one of those top of the first round type of pass rushers, really flexible, really quick, really twitched up, really long, really bendy um, that, you know, all, as long as he plays and everything checks out with whatever this leave of absence is about, you know, this is one of those special pass rushers. Yeah, certainly. It's uh, another one of those. We kind of talked about Harold Landry uh, on Wednesday as uh a twitchy style bendy guy, and that's what you know. Outside draft media automatically falls in love with. It's a guarantee. They're going to get a huge, huge following, and uh, he's one of those guys. And I'm going to be really mad online if he does not play this year because he's an absolute treat to watch play. And he's got that urgency and that physicality. Yeah. So, like when you see him hunting down the football, just working out to the flats to, to get chased on a boundary run, like he is going and he finishes. Like he has those physical urgent elements too that really complement the pass rush skill set. So, we'll see, man. I'd like to to have some clarity on that situation here, real quick, because I mean this is kind of unprecedented. I don't really recall a situation where a guy that's a, as highly regarded as is key takes a leave of absence and nobody quite understands what his status is right now in the beginning parts of June. So. Right, and the, and the coaches at media day, SEC Media Day are talking about, oh, we're planning on, on talking with Arden this week and finding yeah. out his intentions. I mean, it's weird. It's June. It's, uh, it's almost go time here. Weird. Really weird stuff. So we'll see. Weird. Um, but that is going to do it for us today on the Draft Dudes podcast. Uh, really excited about all the summer advance reports and stuff that we're putting out on the site. So make sure that you are plugged in. Make sure that you are signed up for NDT Premium. You don't want to miss these advance reports. Uh, we are, are uh, really grinding tape, really trying to get you some some good information heading into the season. So when you're watching college football this year, you're, you're going to know who the players are and, and some some information about them and where they stand as, as prospects and uh, get your own eyes on these guys. But uh, we're going to be doing that all summer long. So make sure you're subscribed to NDT Premium. It's 20 bucks. Uh, it's going to get you all of our work this summer, uh, some really cool scouting-specific uh, uh, features this fall analytical type stuff in the early winter and then of course draft guides uh, kyle's annual prospectus my annual scouting portfolio uh, is all included in your 20 dollars purchase today so we really appreciate uh your support and i uh, think we have a great product so check that out on netscouting.com we are going to be back again for you on monday kyle is going to be soaking up rays on the coast of delaware i'm hitting the golf course We'll be back again for you on Monday. Signing off for Kyle Krabs, I'm Joe Marino, and this is the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.